hire sooner than you think. You know, if business is going well or you think it'll go well, you're going to need help. And it was probably yesterday that you should have hired. Uh, you definitely can't do everything yourself. Hi, I'm Andrea Marquez, and this is Small Business, a podcast by Amazon. This show is all about learning how to start, build, and scale a small business. On each episode, I gather super valuable nuggets that I'm filing away in my small business playbook for future reference if I decide to start my own business one day. At the end of each episode, I call out key lessons for you to use on your small business journey. Now, I'm no business expert, but one thing I'm learning the more I speak to small business owners is that it's super important to have a good team of people around you to help you execute your vision. So how do you do that? How do you go about finding the right people to help your business get lift off? It's not that simple. You have to look at personality type and qualifications. You have to identify what your business needs now and what it might need in the future. And then of course, you want to think about things like references and commitment and whether the person is a good fit for your team. Coming up, I'll speak to a hiring and recruitment expert with 40 years of experience helping companies find and retain what he calls A players or top grade employees. He's got a whole system for hiring that you're going to want to hear. But my first guest today knows all about the challenges of hiring a great team from the inside out. Kyle Gogan is the founder of Postruck, a company that makes all natural dog treats. The company has grown rapidly and Kyle has had to keep pace with the growth through strategic hiring. He's here to tell us all about it. And as always, before we get started, I want to remind you to subscribe to This Is Small Business on your preferred platform and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and let us know what you think. Shout out to listener William Prescott, who said that they're loving the podcast. Thank you so much. They mentioned that as a small business owner, it can be tough to find the time to find mentors that can help in different areas of what you do. So to hear from both the small business owner and the expert has been a great way for them to imagine how they could implement expert advice into their own practices. They, 10 out of 10, would recommend us. So thank you, and please join William Prescott in letting us know what you think of our little show, This is Small Business. Kyle, thank you so much for being on This is Small Business today. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, same here. Thanks for having me. Tell me about Postdoc and how I got started. Sure. Junior year of college, I adopted a boxer puppy named Tyson. When I first got Tyson, I was uh, trying to be a, a good dog owner. I visited a bunch of local pet stores, getting them all the uh, the treats and chews and and different supplies that I needed um, to train him and and to take care of him. And I was very much on a college student's budget. Um, Tyson wasn't picky at all about the products that I was buying him, but I, I noticed uh, kind of a trend there in all the stores. Everything that I wanted to buy had a ton of artificial ingredients. Uh, stuff that I couldn't even read or understand on the the ingredient label there. So I went home, searched on the internet, tried to find something I could buy online, some treats and chews with simpler ingredients that I could actually afford, and realized uh, what I wanted wasn't available. So that was my aha moment back then in college, and I started working on getting Postruck up and running. And right after graduating college, I think within six months or so, the business and postruck.com, the, the initial website, went live. 
And to this day, um, our goal is to make it easy and fun for pet owners to shop online and give their dogs wholesome products. And um, yeah, it's been a fun ride. And it's been super rewarding to build up a big team over the years um, of a bunch of dog owners like myself. And I think we're up to about 40 people or so. And we're looking to hire a few more by, by the end of the year. All of these years later, here you are with about 40 people and you keep growing. Yep, that's right. Uh, super lucky to have made the jump that early on. Uh, and I think uh, if there's any college kids or anyone of any age, really, uh, my advice is just, you know, make the jump and make it happen. Uh, there's never like the perfect timing, but um, I think college age kids, it's the perfect time. Cause like I said, you're, you're used to eating ramen and you have, your life is much simpler than most. So what does the word team mean to you? What makes a right team member for Postruck? That's a tough one. And I think team has meant many different things to me and Postruck over the years. Early on, uh, I waited too long to hire. I'd never managed a team, never hired people. And so at that time, it was really just, okay, I'm in over my head. We've grown to the point where I can't do everything. And the business is going to cease to exist unless I get someone in here. And so at that point, it was just desperation was probably what team meant. It was just like, get some other hands uh, on board that can help. Um, now it's it's way different. We're you know really trying to build out the right culture, the right skill sets. Like we're way more way more particular when it comes to hiring. But I've I've just learned a ton over the years, uh, and I've been able to network with other business owners and really learn from them uh, to understand how to find the right candidates, how to weed through the right candidates, and build the team that that I want. Um, and, and that's, that's been key is really documenting exactly what it is that I'm looking for and then actually going after it. So this is super important. What are the key lessons you've learned in finding candidates for Postruck? It's a numbers game. You have to get enough applicants into the pipeline to better your odds of finding the perfect candidate. So the way that we do this is number one, we're, we're a completely remote team aside from our uh, warehouse where we fulfill orders. And so that opens us up to way more candidates as opposed to people who happen to live in a you know 10-mile radius of your office or something like that. And then two, we spend a lot of time writing our job listings and descriptions. We think of them like marketing copy. You have to get the readers excited about your company and jobs so you get more applicants. If you just write some generic you know legal jargon, that's not fun and that's not the people we want to attract personally. And then we make sure to post all on all the job boards, uh, and we we pay for ads essentially to get them featured to get more people applying. So the whole goal is to get the right people and as many of those potential right people into the funnel as possible. And so we put every single applicant through um, a pretty significant application process, um, and also a second assessment, which assesses their skills, and that gives us a way to really compare people head to head outside of just a resume. I have, you know, very mixed feelings about resumes. Like resumes can be really misleading and really not give you an idea of someone's true experience level and skills. So I think the assessment does a really good job of cutting through the noise for us. So we're weeding out people that won't fit for our culture. And if they pass that test, then we move them on to the final one-on-one round, which is kind of bringing it all together them proving that they have the skills and the culture fit that we think they do based on the previous stuff. 
And who's part of these internal decisions for hiring people? So early on, it was just me. And then <laughs> uh, for a while, it was just myself and one other person. And, and now it's whoever we have leading a specific department, if we're hiring to that department, um, they, along with our HR admin person, are the ones that do the initial finding of candidates. So they create the job listing, they post it, they get those applicants into our into our funnel, essentially. They're weeding people out. And once they get farther down into the interview process, then I'll also get involved and want to chat with people. And, and it, it goes both ways. Like I want to be involved at that point to make sure that I agree these people are, people are a good culture fit, but also I get involved to, to sell sell ourselves. Like the really good candidates, us as a company, we need to sell ourselves to them and convince them that there's a ton of opportunity. Like it'll be a fun place to work. Uh, you know, all of the things that a A plus player would seek out in a job, that's my job to explain to them why we are that for them. Can you give me an example of what you would tell me if you wanted to hire me? Something that I always bring up, we often look for entrepreneurial people because we're really fast growing and we and we want people to kind of like own their specific role and take it and run with it. Um, so what I talk about with people is like oftentimes we're looking for, you know, even if it's like a hobby, like something that you're doing on your own um, or some interest you have outside of just work. And I explain to people that we encourage that that'll never that'll never be something we'll hold against people. So in the past, I've you know given people time to work on you know writing their novel they were working on or starting this like influencer account that they wanted to do, and uh, we've encouraged it and you know even allocated a little bit of time during work hours for me to help almost like consult in some ways if they wanted it, happy to talk through their business plan or or their goals and give them advice. So. I don't know, that partially is selfish because I'm nosy and want to know the cool projects that my team is working on and be a part of it. But also, I think a lot of the, the the people that we're looking for see that as a benefit that the leadership team that's trying to hire them is invested in their future, both in the job that they're being hired for and outside of that too. That's really cool. And I think that's something that a small business owner listening could apply because I was certainly drawn to that. I have a lot of hobbies and actually podcasting this is something I got into as a side thing from my actual job. The first company I worked in helped me to, you know, they gave me the time and they gave me resources to start my podcast as well. And to me, that was a big draw and part of the reason I was happy to work there. So have you ever hired someone and realized after that it isn't the right fit? Uh, I think everybody who's done any amount of hiring has made mistakes and hired the wrong person. And what I found is oftentimes it was my own fault. You know, usually it's not someone who's lying on their resume or, you know, something like that. It's usually that I didn't go with my gut um, or we didn't outline the responsibilities or the role well enough, especially for new roles, like really understanding who would be a good fit for that and made... Um, mistakes there. So I guess to expand on that a little bit further, what I mean is, you know, we got excited. Like, you know, there was candidates with had these cool background and we're like, great, look what they can bring to the table. But that really didn't matter for the role. And so that's tough as a manager to to reflect and understand that you made a mistake. 
And, and, and what was hard for me early on, especially was just being honest with the person and having those hard conversations and talking through with them. Hey, here's what we need from you. Um, here are the expectations. This is something you can do. And then on both ends, being honest and figuring out whether the person can do it. And if they can't, moving on as soon as possible, because uh, it's for that person's own good as well. There's no point in wasting time in a role that they don't have a future in and they don't like and vice versa with someone who's not going to be able to do what you need them to do. Okay. What would be some of the pieces of advice that you would give small business owners that are barely starting out? So like tap into Kyle when you were barely figuring it out and, and, and knowing who to bring on your team. What are some of those tips you would give about how to even bring the right people in? I guess it's really two avenues that I would recommend. The first being start networking with other business owners in your industry as soon as possible. So for me, I'm, you know, I'm in the pet industry, but the best people for me to network with are e-commerce business owners. So people who sell on Amazon or maybe they sell on their website or other channels like that. So I found, you know, a handful of groups like that. And those people are often hiring the exact same roles that I need to hire for. And if you find people who are a, a step or two ahead of you, they've already hired everything. And so as you start to make friends and, and meet people and know people there, it's as easy as emailing someone and saying, hey, you know, I know you hired a marketing manager last year. You mind if you share your job listing and job description with me? Um, so that's the main thing I would recommend. If you don't have that network or you're still building that out, then the backup plan is just going on wherever else you find jobs as an applicant and just going and finding other similar companies that are looking for the same roles and just download all of their job listings to a folder and then just cherry pick the best stuff and the stuff that you care about and want. Like just take inspiration from stuff that's already been done well and make it even better. I love that. And then as you get bigger, I'm thinking about how Amazon does its hiring practices. Obviously, the CEO is not involved in every single hiring decision. That would be impossible. But I do remember that they do teach you how to how Jeff Bezos was at the beginning. He was involved in every single hiring decision, and he set up the process of interviewing to what it is today. So I think that's also important, right? Like setting up those mechanisms in a way that it doesn't need you to be there while at the same time allowing the needs for your company to still be met. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, hiring is like almost any part of your business, at a certain point, you have to build, you know, standard operating procedures uh, that your team can replicate. Otherwise, they're just going to be reinventing things every time they go do it, and you won't have consistent, you know, output or hiring in this case. So, like the way the things that we've been doing to make sure we're always hiring the right fit is, um, you know, we have very specific core values for our company that our team knows, and those are listed in job listings. And it's very clear to applicants telling them like, hey, we don't hire anyone unless they fit all these things. So make sure you fit and you want to work for a company that values these things. And then we also have a set of questions that help identify good culture fits. And those are always the same. And we have examples of what are good answers and bad answers so people can get an idea of what they're looking for. Uh, and then outside of that, you have to tailor the questions to the role, obviously, but the culture questions are almost always the same. And that's the most important thing when we're hiring. You know, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are good accountants, for example, but an accountant that's going to cause problems with the rest of the team because they're not a good culture fit, 
that's a huge issue and we don't want that. I think one of my last questions for you, Kyle, is what is something you would have done differently based on what you've learned today? Yeah, I think the my biggest piece of advice, especially for people who are early on in their business, is hire sooner than you think. If business is going well or you think it'll go well, you're going to need help. And it was probably yesterday that you should have hired. You definitely can't do everything yourself. When would be the right time to start hiring? Because you say hire sooner than you think. When is that moment that should trigger you to start looking into that? It's so hard, especially for new business owners with like smaller, limited budgets to decide when to hire. That's the that's what I experienced at least, right? It's like I didn't have a bunch of money set aside to bring anyone on. Um, looking back, if I would have known what I know now, I would have told myself like, all right, as soon as you're in the weeds spending a lot of your time doing something that doesn't actually bring value to the business, that's probably when I would hire. So to give you specifics... What I mean by that, early on, I was doing all the fulfillment and I and customer service. And I did that for a really long time, which was great because I knew the business in and out. But at a certain point, when I was spending you know, upwards of half to three quarters of my time shipping orders and answering the phone, I couldn't work on the things that would really grow the business. And not that we don't value the people that answer the phones and ship orders, but it is easier to find someone to help you out with that than hire someone to run your business. And it is also cheaper. So I think that's just maybe set set your own number. It's like, all right, once I get to 10 hours a week or 20 hours a week where I'm doing something that I could easily pass off to someone, then go hire it and don't wait until it's taking up all of your time. Thank you so much for your time, Kyle. Thanks. You're listening to This is Small Business, brought to you by Amazon. I'm your host, Andrea Marquez. That was Kyle Gogan, the founder and CEO of Plastruck, a dog-approved source of healthy snacks and treats. Did you know that nearly 60% of products sold in Amazon store are from independent sellers, most of which are small and medium-sized businesses? The small businesses we feature on the show are some of the many small businesses selling in the Amazon store who have tapped into some of the tools and resources offered to help them succeed and grow. One of those resources is the Amazon Small Business Academy, where you can find the help you need to take your small business from concept to launch and beyond. You can strengthen your skills at no cost with live and on-demand trainings, Q&As, events, and even find more This Is Small Business content. If you don't know where to start, you can take the free self-assessment on the Amazon Small Business Academy site at www.smallbusiness.amazon. And just a reminder that we want to bring you the ultimate experience through our podcast too. So if you have thoughts you want to share with us, send us a message to thisismallbusiness at amazon.com. And if you enjoy listening to This Is Small Business, text a link of this episode to your friends right now. Kyle mentioned a few interesting things that jumped out at me. One, he feels that a great culture fit is even more important than a great resume. And two, he urges people to hire help when they find they're spending too much of their time working on tasks that could easily be accomplished by others. And finally, as you heard Kyle say, it can be tricky to know exactly when to hire. The formula is different for everyone. And when you're a small company, hiring is a big decision. In a way, the smaller the company, the more critical it is to hire the right team. 
To help us get some more ideas for how to hire an A-plus top-grade employee, I'm joined by Brad Smart. Brad is the founder and CEO of TopGrading, a consulting and software company dedicated to helping companies of all sizes improve performance and profits by hiring high performers. He's been in the business for over 40 years, and he brings a wealth of perspective and some pretty cool stories. I'm excited for you to meet him and hear what he has to say. Brad Smart, thank you so much for being on This Small Business today. I'm excited to talk to you about a few things. Happy to be here. This is consistent with my passion to share what knowledge I have with small business owners. Can you give me a a little bit about your background, your expertise, and why you're here? I was a freshman in college, found Business 101 kind of boring, but I knew I wanted a business career. Psych 101 was interesting. So there was a local management psychologist, talked with him, and he made it seem that this is a way of maybe doing some things that are really cool and interesting, that talent is all important, so hiring is all important. As a professional, you could be interviewing candidates for upper management positions, coaching people, doing team building. That sounded cool. So I went back home and uh, went through Yellow Pages and saw some firms of management psychologists, linked up with one, and they sort of mentored me, and they said, I have to get a master's and a PhD in psychology. That way, our clients will think you're really smart and have deep insights into people. Uh Uh-huh. So I went, got master's, got a doctorate, and I joined the company, and here I was, Dr. Brad Smart, expert in interviewing expert in hiring, but I had never conducted an interview. (laughs) I love this. Brad, whose last name is literally smart and who is a hiring expert with many years of experience, admits the irony of getting his start as an expert in something he hadn't yet done himself. Sure, he had the credentials on paper, but he'd never actually done the thing he was hired to do. But clearly, he was intelligent, passionate, and curious. All good things in a prospective employee. And so I was the new kid on the block, and I asked a question after about a week, and I feel stupid that I hadn't asked it earlier. How good are we? What do you mean? Of the people we interview and recommend for hire and are hired, what percent turn out to be the high performers that our clients want? And the senior partner I was talking to said, I don't know, you're the new kid on the block. Go talk to our clients, introduce yourself and ask them the question. I did. And a couple of weeks later, it was clear the answer was about 33%. Wait a minute. We are the experts and only 33% of the people we recommend turn out to be high performers. And I remember telling my wife, if I were a medical doctor, and two-thirds of my patients were leaving the hospital in body bags every day, this would not be too cool. So did I make a mistake and should I change careers? Or I instead said, I'm going to try to figure out why hiring is so poor, frankly, and what solutions are. And I've devoted my life to it. published six books on hiring, and um, my seventh book is focused on small companies. So I'll, I'll ask you the question you've probably been asked many times before. How do you find the right people to join your team and avoid hiring the wrong ones? Top grading is all about 
hiring best of class. So that means recruiting a lot of people to start the funnel. And then you go through the steps of applicant screening tools and interviews and so forth down to hiring, hopefully an A player. You've got to use job boards, probably. All right. The job boards, there are a bunch of them. And yeah, there's some costs associated with them, but they all use artificial intelligence and they go after not just active candidates who have submitted their resume someplace, but passive candidates whose LinkedIn profile is out there. They find you wherever you are. And so you can get a lot of applicants. I never really thought about the difference between active and passive job seekers. And I guess what Brad's saying here is that the job boards are particularly helpful for finding those people who are great, but who may not actively be hunting for a job. So even for the very small companies, it's worthwhile considering. Something else, use your people. Use your people to recruit. Make it something you talk about all the time, all right? Who do you know? among your associates, uh, friends, neighbors who might be an A player, high performer with our company. And if you recommend someone and we hire them, we'll give you a bonus. And the more A players you hire, the more A players will be interested in joining you. A players want to work with A players. That's what makes it a growth company and fun to, to work at. Brad is really big on this A-player idea, and so I asked him to define it a bit more for us. A-player, the way we define it, covers a lot of competencies depending on what the job is, but it also definitely includes fits the culture. Has to. Someone can be outstanding at what they do and not fit the culture, and you fire them after three months. That, that's not an A-player in our definition. <laughs> they have to fit the culture, uh, which is obviously very challenging, you know, in with the pandemic and hybrid models are being used to work at home or in the office and so forth. It's a moving target, but one you just absolutely have to pay attention to. Are there any red flags I should look out for? Be sure when you start filtering through the resumes you get and tell anyone that you think you might want to talk with that a final step in hiring is for them, for candidates, to arrange reference calls with managers they've reported to. That is huge. That will guaranteed improve your hiring success. The red flag is <laughs> when, when their eyes get big and they say, uh, 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 they're stumbling, they're stuttering. A players will say, sure, they're happy to do it. As Brad was talking, I started thinking, calling all those former managers could add a lot of time to your hiring search. But Brad's idea to have the candidates themselves arrange the reference calls is kind of brilliant. It puts the onus on them and tests both their motivation and the truth about the relationships with their former bosses. But I did wonder how the job seekers would react to this. Brad is blunt about this. If anyone hesitates or they say, I don't think I could get my managers to talk with you, what's really going on is busted, right? My resume has a bunch of hype and... Uh, and I've excluded things from my resume, and I would do it in the interviews. I was prepared to not disclose the fact that I was fired from three companies. So that's red flag number one. Uh, another red flag is just uh, this turnover. Uh, if people have only held jobs for six months, six months, six months, and you need them for three years, 
at least in order to justify hiring them, then that just won't cut it probably for you. So you need to have all that information. You need to have total information. And the recommended interview is a chronological interview where you go through the whole career and then you look for those red flags and you'll see as you go to job two, job three, job four, they overcome mistakes and failures. They maximize their strengths. And you see how this acorn evolved into the oak tree. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Mm -hmm. Brad, for all of your valuable teachings today. Well, you're very welcome. Happy to do it, Andrew. (laughs) That was the illustrious Brad Smart from TopGrading, a consulting and software company dedicated to helping companies of all sizes improve performance and profits by hiring high performers. I learned so much from both Kyle and Brad today, and I hope you did too. Some of the key takeaways for hiring a super team I'm adding to my small business playbook are 1. Hiring is a numbers game. Before you can hire the right people to be on your team, you have to make sure that there are enough applicants to choose from. Kyle suggested that having remote roles helps widen your pool of applicants. And another way to attract more applicants is making sure that your job description sounds like something that your ideal applicants would want to be a part of. See it as a marketing exercise and find ways in which readers who are potential candidates get excited about your company. Two. And then, of course, you need to get the word out. So posting on all job boards is essential. And you can even pay for the ads on them to ensure that the most people possible see those open roles. Brad also suggested leveraging employees and them connecting to their existing networks. Who better to talk about your company than employees themselves? Three, once you find some candidates, you're going to want to start weeding out the people who might not be a good fit for your business. Kyle and I talked about setting up a standard operating procedure to help cut through the noise and also replicate what works so that hiring practices are consistent. And as a small business owner, you eventually don't have to be involved in every part of the process, which frees you up to keep running the business. Four, then once you get to the actual interview part, a good piece of advice that Kyle shared was showing prospective A players that Leadership will invest in their growth by giving employees time to also work on their hobbies or side hustles as a way to ensure that they have an opportunity to be entrepreneurial. And finally, to avoid hiring the wrong people, both Kyle and Brad suggest outlining roles clearly and making sure you're hiring the right person for the role, not just because you're excited about them. And of course, let candidates know that they need to set up reference calls with managers they have reported to in the past and pay attention to candidates with high turnovers. Definitely all lessons to add to my small business playbook, which is getting pretty hefty, I might add. That's it for This is Small Business today. On the next episode, I will be talking to a small business that Lego lovers like me will particularly like. For toy makers, it can be difficult to plan for a full year considering large spikes in demand during holidays. So, We'll be learning about leveraging spikes in demand and supply chain forecasting. Meanwhile, if you like what you heard, subscribe, 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 and tell your friends about us by sending them a link to this episode. And we want to know what you think, so leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or email us at thisismallbusiness at amazon.com. Until next time, This is Small Business. I'm your host, Andrea Marquez. Hasta luego, and thanks for listening. 
This is Small Business is brought to you by Amazon with technical and story production by Jar Audio. Thank you for listening to This is Small Business. Did you know that we have a voicemail line? If you have questions or maybe a small business story you'd like to share about starting, running, or growing a small business, all you have to do is click the link in the show description and leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And you never know, you might even get to hear yourself later on on the show. Voicemails will not receive a response though. So for help with other questions to Amazon unrelated to the show, you can reach out to Amazon's customer service team at the link provided in the description.